Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We are ready to believe you. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBerry here, and we are back, 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 back again. It is October, and we are here to fill your ear holes with pop culture conversation. I am joined on the East Coast by Eric. Hello. And BJ. That was too many backs. I mean, you know. when they, <laughs> The beast when, with 47 backs. When Ice Cube said, put your back into it, I put all of them into that opening. <laughs> And on the West Coast, we've got Brian. I feel like I went back, 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 back in time. I don't know. I mean, y'all are just lucky I didn't backpack, backpack, backpack again. We're not talking drag race this time, so. The fact that the fact that we've gotten through the intro so far like this tells me that this is a this podcast is a labor of love. One could say it's the power of love. Ah, yay. It is a curious thing. Man, you really went back in time for that one. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I love you guys. And now on to the regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> we are here to talk about the month of pop culture, the things that we are enjoying, uh, things that we may have uh, strong opinions about. And uh, yeah, let's see where these conversations take us. Because I have uh, thoughts and opinions on at least one or two of the topics that we are going to be discussing today. So with that being said, I don't want to get all riled up into my, uh, my comments just yet. So Eric, why don't you kick us off? 
a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, Disney Plus put out a new Star Wars anthology animated series called Visions, um, which was pretty good overall. I would say the majority of the nine, right? Nine? Yes, nine um, short animated films were pretty entertaining. Um, they're all from different studios, uh, animate different animation styles. Uh, I was going to say, technically, just... it's isn't it 10 visions that they that Disney Plus has put out this year? If you count... Uh, oh, actually, 11 if you count created from the Mind Stone in that's a piece of Wanda and uh, White Vision on uh, WandaVision. <laughs> I mean, I you said it was all different studios, so technically... <laughs> and I mean, Earth may fall into the Star Wars galaxies somewhere. Universe. Who knows? <laughs> Well, uh, we did crack open the multiverse during Loki, so... Actually, a uh, quick thing that um, I didn't realize until I, you know, watched it another seven times. There's a uh, episode of um, What If that that goes through multiple multiverse areas. And one of them is, I believe, Sakaar from Star Wars. Because uh, Darth Vader's castle is in the background. And it's like, it's definitely Darth Vader's castle. So like they have they have actually had a crossover of Marvel and Star Wars in animated form already. That's and fun. I mean Vision wasn't there. I mean, I guess it was Ultron Vision, but then there was that one vision that was letting Wanda eat T'Challa's legs. Ugh. Anyway, back to Star Wars <laughs> visions. <laughs> Yeah, they're all just uh, various stories in the Star Wars universe. Uh, most of them revolve around someone being or wanting to be a Jedi, uh, which I would have liked to see something a little different and not involving a lightsaber. But lightsabers are cool. So, uh, well, there like was said, there was the there was the one about the band, and the, I think that one the kid actually gave up on being a Jedi and, and just, and I liked, I, that was probably one of my favorite ones, not only because the art style was super fucking cute, um, because we got Chibi, uh, Boba Fett and Chibi, um, Jabba the Hutt. But, um, but yeah, that one, he's, he's like sitting there with like a broken lightsaber and he turns it into a microphone to use in their, their show. And I was like, yeah, I would, I was going to say, after almost being murdered by the Empire or, like, some sort of genocide, I would definitely be like, mm, no, I'd rather do it. I'd rather play in a band. That's true. Although, still Jedi adjacent, I would say, being that he was a Padawan that ran yeah. away. Uh, it, it's kind of like in the movies. It would just be nice to have a movie not about the Skywalker family. Um, Rogue One. Oh. That's why it was yeah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anyone else watch Visions? I've not only- seen Visions. I watched the... Um, oh, God. What is that? Uh, that YouTube series. Oh, crap. Oh, the um, Honest Trailers. Oh, you watched Honest the Honest Trailers. Trailers for... I was going to say it was either Honest Trailers or uh, the pitch meeting ones that you like so much. 
I love the pitch meetings. I don't think he's done one for Star Wars Visions, but Honest Trailers did one for the entire series of shorts. Like they actually broke down all nine of them and did like these little mini bite-sized Honest Trailers for each of the episodes. So <laughs> I've gotten a small glimpse at what these uh, individual serialized not canon yeah they they they've said they're not canon right yeah they're just they're just uh so they're it's a uh, anim- different animations uh anime studios um like interpretations of the of the story um so cuz cuz there's at least two or three of them that are very ronin uh in- inspired and then there's like a handful that are just super weird and kind of neat yeah but this allowed them this was i saw it probably cbr i i don't always keep track of like what site i'm looking at unless it's um the giant freaking robot in which case and i don't even bother clicking on it because <laughs> trash but there were a lot of comparisons because visions came out as what if was coming out and there were a lot of comparisons on the fact of what if doesn't have that same oomph because it's still constrained even though it is supposed to be this alternate take an alternate dimension an alternate earth where you should feel like anything is possible what if really kind of stayed inside the lines because they eventually made it all connected rather than it being like what what if normally was as a comic where here there's this one issue it's going to tell a story and then you're pretty much done with it and it kind of just goes away and it is another branch reality in the multiverse. But of course, you know, Marvel being Marvel and wanting to continue to tie everything together gave us the Guardians of the Multiverse and, and did all of that, you know, fun stuff. I, again, I enjoyed it. I don't know if we did a full deep dive into uh, all the episodes. It, all of our conversations start to blend together after a while. <laughs> well, we haven't we haven't done one yet, but I would definitely love to do it. And I have lots of thoughts mostly okay. good but i have lots of of thoughts maybe that'll that, that'll probably end up being our next micro then we'll we'll deep dive i know we talked about it early on and then we usually wait until the entire series is aired so um but yeah i i one of the big positives that i saw that i kept seeing about visions was because it's not canon because it's allowing these different studios to have their basically their way with the story like here's everything here are the all the toys in the in the box do with them as you please you know do whatever you want to do and create these stories it really felt different and fresh and i mean to eric's point probably could use a little less of the standard you know jedi through line Maybe take a look at some of the other pieces of the uh, the puzzle that are out there. But I, I've heard really good things about it overall. I'm not a huge, huge, huge Star Wars fan. So this may not be something that I get to or if I do, not right away. But it's it's really pretty cool for something like this to be done for that type of fandom. It's Well, and it's super interesting because they didn't really advertise this. Like, this was nowhere near as advertised as anything they've done. Uh, even the R.L. Stein's like, Halloween miniseries that he just released on Disney+. Plus, Like, that wasn't really advertised, but it was still advertised way more than uh, Star Wars Visions. Because I'll see commercials for 
Disney Plus shows on trailers for Disney Plus shows everywhere. Um, but like I stumbled upon a trailer for this, uh, like I want to say a week before it was actually dropped. And then it was, it wasn't, I didn't realize it was, it dropped until like I went on Disney Plus randomly to just go ahead and uh, put it on my watch list. And it was like episodes. And I was like, what? Plus they, I believe they dropped all the episodes at once too. Um, which right yeah, now it all came out at the same time. Yeah. So it all came out at the same time, which is something that's starting to become a little more rare. Um, but because it wasn't advertised as like a big nonstop thing. Um, and that's honestly, that could be, that could be because this is Disney's second kind of toe dip into anime, because uh, I think they, um, they distributed the Miyazaki films here in the U S um, and they, I think they cast, helped them cast the dubs, um, just to get some bigger voice actors, um, for those movies. Uh, and this is like their second dip into it. Uh, and then thirdly, I just found out about this. I don't know if you guys have, this is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. And somebody on DeviantArt has gotten their filthy wish. Um, there is a Disney anime, like a, like Disney is producing it. Um, the studio, it's the same studio that did the anime Black Butler, if you're familiar with that. Um, and it is, about, it's Harry Potter uh, meets Disney villains. And it's a school with seven houses and each house is based off of a Disney villain. So you've got like a Hades house and one of the characters has like the fiery blue hair. Um, you've got a Maleficent house. They're all, they all have horns and wear green. Um, yeah, it's so Disney. Well, it's I, a weird amalgamation of Harry Potter, Percy Jackson and Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with, with the prettiest of anime boys. So, um, and a little yeah. bit of Descendants, the the live action Disney movies, yeah, included it, in there. For a second, I my brain got lost, and I really thought it was a Harry Potter meets Disney villains. <laughs> and I was like, "How the fuck do they get all that licensing and like studio <laughs> cooperation?" I was very confused for a minute. My brain really just broke for a second, and then it finally, when it came back together, I was like, "Oh, oh, I get it. I get it now." Yeah, so so clearly somebody somebody on the Deviant Art there's a Reddit there's a Reddit like wish that somebody made somewhere and they got their filthy anime boy wish because the character designs are like absolutely absurd and like ridiculously gorgeous. So uh, I'll definitely have to uh, when that drops. I'll have to forward that to all of you guys. Um, I would I would love like some sort of watch party just to see how y'all react to it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. So, so yeah, Star Wars Visions is 100% like their second dip into the whole anime. Uh, I think it was Aniplex is the producer for yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, Eric, what was your favorite? Which one was your favorite? Um, I really liked the duel, which was the very Ronin one, the very first one. Um, which they actually are releasing a book of that. Uh, well, it was released uh, on the 12th. Um, 
but it's a that's novel. the only that's one built. that's the only one i saw and i i like that one a lot it's it's uh you're filling me with tariff terror for the rest of them <laughs> with the chibi well, this and that <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not to say that i mean that the elder is also really good it's another kind of ronin-y story um but i liked uh i liked the more serious ones i guess uh, so both of those, and then the Village Bride um, was a good story, but the I thought the band one was cute and good. The one I really didn't care for was the kind of Astro Boy one. Oh, that one was so adorable. That one was yeah. Uh, it, it, um, yeah the 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 his his uh, yeah because there was like a, the one about an android that dreams of becoming a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and it's super cute. Uh, the The animation styles, the animation style looks like a cap, like a Capcom game, like a Mega Man mm-hmm. art book, um, because the uh, his father father uh, quotation marks because you know podcasts are a visual medium. Um, his father looks like Doctor Light, like one hundred percent looks like Doctor Light, uh, not Doctor Light. Um, is it Doctor Light from uh, Yes Mega Man? Yep, from okay. Mega Man. Yep. Um, yeah, so that one uh, that one was really cute. My absolute favorite one though will always be Triggers, which is about the two siblings that like hot like st- that stole like a giant kyber crystal. Oh, the, the twins. The twins, yeah. yeah. That one and the the fucking like she's got the lightsaber whips and he fucking does like a special attack standing on a ship that's going into hyper hyperspace and I'm just like this is so absurd, but this is every tri- trigger. For those of you that don't know, trigger did kill a kill. Um, so if you if you're familiar with any fight scene in Kill a Kill, it's 100 percent that. Um, just with like 40 percent more clothing than normal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no the 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 more outlandish ones I think that were had the more embellished animation style. I think I pretty much liked all those ones. Versus the uh, the Ronin ones, but the Ronin ones were still like fucking animated beautifully. It's interesting that Star Wars is getting all these out of continuity things. Have you guys seen the uh, terrifying tales on Disney Plus? <laughs> Isn't that what the Le- that's from the Lego Star Wars stuff, right? Yes, and what's interesting is, I mean, it is equally as um, canon questionable. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, in some ways it could work, uh, but also equally kind of silly, uh, as the Lego Star Wars games and other products have always been. But yeah, that, it's just interesting to hear all these cool, divergent stories coming out of the Star Wars universe. Uh, I don't think I don't think Lucas would have ever been on board for any of this. Oh, no. Everything was in <laughs> canon or, or thereabouts until it wasn't uh, in the extended universe stuff. But um it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan, I guess. There's lots of stuff, lots of things. Yeah, I mean, this is just the new version of the extended universe, and it's yeah. it's 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 cool because I remember uh, growing up and uh, reading the the extended universe books that were like the tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina or the tales of the bounty hunter, and I really liked those little offshoot stories that just kind of filled out the the rest of the universe. They made a point though when those came out that they they emphasized that they were Star Wars canon in continuity. They made it really clear uh and until Disney went, "Nah, not really." <laughs> Clear <laughs> the over. board. Yeah, it was um 
but yes, Eric, I love those two. Uh, all of the books, uh, well, I stopped reading at a certain point, but those early ones for sure. Uh, and, you know, it's funny is when you find little things like Zahn, uh, not Zahn, uh, Thrawn, sorry, uh, written by Zahn, Thrawn, uh, Admiral Thrawn or whatever, coming into continuity again. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a neat little cross-pollination. Clearly, a lot of the people writing Star Wars now probably read a lot of that, too. <laughs> so, uh no, this is really cool. I'm glad they're making this. It's very anim. I keep thinking Animatrix. You, you guys saw the Animatrix back in the day, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. a very similar idea to Animatrix for sure. Um, so yeah, all of it. I, I, I'm excited. I need to go back and watch it at some point. But that first episode, if you are fan of a samurai, Ronin Japanese steeped, you know, which is obviously the inspiration of a Jedi, right? Like so, yeah, it's it's a perfect pairing. The Astro Boy it, one, I don't know. That's a little too. If you want to add that one. So that one's called um, T.O.B. One um, and Tattooing Rhapsody is the second one. So Tattooing Rhapsody, if you want to skip the Chibi one, that's the second episode. So twins is. But that's 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 what I love about these kind of like. um, What is that? Not um, serial, but. um, Anthology. And yeah, that's what I like about animated anthology like um, Love, Death, and Robots and stuff like that. If one isn't your flavor, you can just totally skip it um, and just watch all the ones that you think that you'll um, you'll like, uh, either based on the animation style or based on what the story says. Um, I will say the last episode is done by the people that did um, Devilman Crybaby. And if anybody has watched Devilman Crybaby, holy fuck, it's bleak. <laughs> so, and that's the episode they leave on. <laughs> so if you want to get the bleak one out of the way, I would watch the last one first, um, which has a very good, I love the animation style um, and it has a really good story. Um, it's just kind of like, okay, I need to watch something happier. Oh, look, the season is over. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, I'm glad to see some people <laughs> enjoying it. Obviously, Star Wars fandom uh, has a knack for ripping each other apart because if it doesn't fall into one camp, it's in another and all of that. But I, I mean, overall, from what I've seen uh, and from what you guys have said, it's a pretty positive review over here at Camp Flame On. All right. So Disney Plus, Star Wars Visions, go check it out. All right, BJ, you are up. What you going to chat about today? So originally this was going to be my one up. Um, I am a it's spooky month and I am a horror gay um, for those of you uh, that obviously know. Um, but a certain clip has been making the rounds the past week and a half. I know you sent it to our chat, Pat. Um, <laughs> and uh, it is of Chucky. Uh, the TV series, which honestly is nuts. It is absolutely insane. Uh, it pretty much, you step into the shoes of Jake, um, who's like one of the, he's one of those weird artists that like, he buys old dolls and he puts them all together in weird shapes. He has like a centipede one in his room and that's just, he's, he's an art kid. Um, he is gay and it seems like he has been forcibly outed by a lot of shitty people in his life, uh, a good chunk of them family. 
and he happens upon Chucky at a yard sale. Um, and yeah, it just goes balls to the walls, nuts from there. But the one thing that sent me over the edge was the fact that Chucky's sitting there at the edge of the bed talking to Jake. And uh, it tells Jake he has a queer son, which is from The Son of Chucky, that movie, if you saw that. Um, and he's he's like, yep, gender fluid. And Jake just goes, you're okay with that? And Chucky just looks at him and goes, Jake, I'm not a monster. <laughs> and... Uh, it, it's kind of taken, uh, a, a couple of TikToks that I watch. It's, they're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like one, uh, a girl I follow on TikTok's just like, my grandmother fucking cursed me out when I came out to her, but the fucking murder doll is completely on board with gender fluidity. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely nuts because it's the uh, original voice actor, uh, Brad, D- uh, Dorif for Chucky. Um, and I do know that Christine Ellis, who is the stepsister of Andy, not stepsister, um, foster sister of Andy from the second movie, um, second child's play movie. She's going to be in this, uh, the actor that played Andy, he's going to be in this. And Jennifer Tilly is supposed to make an appearance, I think, uh, episode three or four. And it is canon with all of the Chucky movies. Child's Play 1, 2, and 3, Bride of Chucky, Son of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Like, completely canon with everything. And it's even the the same guy that's directed all of them, with the exception of the the most recent Child's Play film. Um, the, The guy that's done it from the beginning... Uh, is directing and writing the show. So it is absolutely, it's, I think it's Dermot Downs, I believe. Is the um, new one then still canon with uh, with all no. the others? Or is it just the original like series? So yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's just the original series. So pretty much all the ones, all the ones where Chucky was voiced by Brad Dourif, um, he is the um he are are all canon with the him so it's easier to just go by the actor brad dorif voiced chucky anything brad dorif voiced for chucky for the character of chucky um is canon so which if you've seen if you've seen cult of chucky is it's going to get fucking crazy town banana pants so um because, I mean, you guys don't care if I spoil it for you. I'll go ahead and give a warning, spoiler warning. Um, so, Cult of Chucky. Chucky ends up finding the same voodoo spell online. Only he can now duplicate his soul into multiple bodies and play and dolls. So, at the end of Cult, Cult of Chucky, there's a, person, there's a person who's been possessed. There's, like, four Chucky dolls running around. Um... This good guy doll is the same one from Child's Play 2, which I guess is the most popular design. Uh, and this also the show has been showing clips of Chucky from childhood, I think up until he, uh, pos- uh, Charles Ray, up until he uh, possesses the original Chucky doll, uh, a good guy doll. Um, so we're actually getting backstory for the character and kind of how he became a murderer. And the interesting thing is 
Chucky spends the good part of the first episode just kind of watching everything. And he's not really out to kill Jake or take his body. He's out to, he's kind of, he's kind of explaining to Jake that it's kill or be killed at this point. Um, So it's, we'll see how they handle it. But right now they're, they're knocking it out of the park with just, just the writing, all the characters. Um, Chucky is hell bent on killing this one uh, chick that tortures Jake named Lexi. Um, so yeah, it's, if you, if you like anything horror and you don't have to have watched all of the Chucky movies, all you need to know is that Jake finds a doll and murder hijinks ensue. Uh, well, which is good because the only movie I've seen is the one that apparently doesn't count. (laughs) I've I've only ever seen the, the, the reboot one, the newer one, (laughs) but I don't know what's wrong with my brain today. Because it is not processing what you're saying correctly. <laughs> because when you said it follows Chucky, like it's giving like from when he was younger, I was like, "How was the doll younger? The doll <laughs> didn't age." My oh, brain no. is really off today. <laughs> what is going on with you, buddy? I I don't know. It's it's a lot of work. <laughs> I turned forty, and this is what happened. <laughs> Apparently, my brain broke, and <laughs> I cannot process these conversations distinctly anymore. I feel like I feel like now we should have like little uh, like a, a micro episode of us just quizzing you on things we've said, um, <laughs> and just make it multiple choice and see what you come up with. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what to say. I, I was with. Uh, I was with some work friends yesterday after work, and uh, somebody. One of the girls said something about getting bagels and going to Sephora, and I legit was just like, "Why are you doing Kegels in Sephora?" And just so now, in, <laughs> in two weeks' time, we're gonna go do Kegels in Sephora. That's the uh, that's the working plan. Um, and then final final word on it. Um, also Jake has a crush on a local, uh, kid who, um, does a mur- he does like a, a, murder analysis podcast, um, like a true crime podcast, um, kid, uh, queer kid of color. So, and it's, and it, the way it's portrayed, it's portrayed exactly how you would see like a straight romance portrayed with like the awkward loser kid, like. Um, the, he comes and sits down in front of him at lunch and he's just like, Hey, what are you listening to? And he's like, nothing. And then before Jake leaves, he's like, Oh, by the way, I know you listen to my podcast. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go, go now. And, and it's, it's really, really cute. And it's, it's cute and sad at the same time. Cause you've got Jake that is just, his life sucks. Like everybody in his life is an asshole. But then you have like this one guy who's like showing interest, wants to get to know him um and everything and he he's just like he's like i gotta go i i have a thing and that thing is chucky trying to murder somebody so um yeah no i'm very excited uh the first two episodes are up for free on on uh sci-fi's youtube and it is on usa and sci-fi channel uh if if you uh if you still use a dvr at this point uh they've just been releasing episodes for free on youtube so far so fingers crossed it's the whole season Interesting. I'd be surprised if they kept it going, but 
that's a great marketing plan to uh, get people to watch and get hooked on the show because I've seen a lot of talk and a lot of buzz about it on Twitter and to see them utilizing that medium of YouTube to put out an episode or two. I think HBO has done it. I think like some they'll do like a lot of their premiere episodes will go up on YouTube. Yep. And then it's it's just trying to rope you in. That first taste is free. Then you got to pay for the rest. <laughs> has anybody else uh, watched uh, watched the show? I know I've only seen that one clip that BJ was referencing earlier. And uh, it, I mean, honestly, when, when Chucky is saying gay rights, then, you know, <laughs> yeah, just fucking let's let's get on the same page, people. All right, I am going to go next. I know I'm breaking uh, with tradition here, but I think that Brian's topic will probably lend itself to uh, more conversation. But uh, so we're going to do that in the second (laughs) after the after the the station identification break. You can tell how old I am because all I, I just remember the station identification breaks from like this week in baseball and all those programs that i would watch with uh with my dad don't have many of those memories but you know uh anyway so my topic is we're here it is back for its second season this is a film program extravaganza extraordinaire of uh the I'm not of, but featuring Bob the Drag Queen, Shangela, we'll just skip through that, and Eureka, utilizing the O'Hara more in this than on uh, pretty much any season of Drag Race that she's been on. And they travel to, I don't even want to say like more backwoods or, but kind of uh, smaller towns, towns that may not uh, be as open and uh, welcoming to diversity and inclusiveness. And they adopt, essentially, three drag children, one apiece, and uh, get them all done up and put on a show for the town to try to uh, change some lives for the better. Now, I know that we've talked about this. Uh, it's the season one Ness of we're here. I think Brian, that was one of your topics back uh, last year. God, it feels like forever. And uh, season two is back with more of the goodness that it brought. This show brings the tears. This show brings the lessons. It brings awareness to a lot of things that I think a, a, a good chunk of people may not understand or appreciate because you live in a bigger city and uh, maybe don't experience as much of uh, the closed-mindedness that comes with being in a smaller town. Uh, We all all have our own uh, journeys and struggles that we've dealt with in our lives, some of us more than others, uh, for, for various reasons. But what I was extremely happy to see was at the end of season one, production was shut down because of COVID. So they could not actually film a completed uh, finale episode. So I'm trying to think back. I did not go back and and rewatch the end of it. Um, And maybe somebody else who 
has also seen these shows, <laughs> these episodes, can let me know. I know they did like a clip show at the end and kind of did some behind the scenes and some extra things like that. Did they show any of the trip that they were in the middle of? Because when they introduced these uh, these people in the premiere of season two, I did not remember meeting them back at the end of season one. Did they, they, did they intro them? They started it. I don't. Okay, I don't know. I don't remember if they introed them, but it was so early in their story that I think that's they shut it down pretty quickly. Uh, so yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I think that they kind of left that to be like, I I, I guess they they knew they were gonna come back and and finish you know filming this episode. So I, I guess they kind of left all of that. I know they went to doing more behind the scenes stuff and they talked about where they were at and, and all of that stuff. Um, but we pick up with the, you know, them going back down. They have a little bit of a different setup. It looks like they are renting out a, uh, a house or a location for them to have a central place in order to kind of control the uh, comings and goings and who is able to be where uh, they've picked some gorgeous houses to be a part of or and the first episode and i i could look it up right now but i'm not um it's like stratsburg shawsburg it's in the south and where they kind of set everything up uh they do a lot of i think actually do the show is at a plantation home that was what is where is it oh sorry it's spartanburg which is funny because I've actually been to Spartanburg back when I was a child. We drove through there, I think, on our way to North Carolina. And yes, there's not a whole lot there. At least there wasn't 20 years ago. But, you know, sounds like that hasn't changed much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and kind of one of the scenes, one of the most poignant scenes was Bob, Shangela, and Eureka sitting on the porch of this plantation home. And there's been a lot of conversation about plantation homes. Um, especially in the past, you know, maybe three to five years. And because a lot of, you know, white people like to go and have weddings there, uh, including one of my friends had her wedding at a, at a plantation home. Um, but this home was purchased and is run by an older black woman. And uh, it was so endearing and so poignant. I think Bob was the one who was like, have you ever sat and had, you know, tea with three drag queens on your porch? And she was like, nope, can't say that I have. And she was just the cutest woman. And for them to, you know, kind of rebuild and and reclaim, you know, that piece of land and uh, put on a show there for queer individuals. It just, it was, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, the second episode goes over to California and um, there is a trans neurodivergent autistic boy that was part of the cast. I'm trying to remember because I know there were a couple of different things. I, there was a, a, a very big intersection of the the uh, the communities and the, the the things that he's dealt with in his life, and it was. Uh, very intriguing to see like his story play out very much a, a big fan of cosplay. Uh, so it was, it was interesting to watch Bob like kind of lean into that, like and utilize that as the drag aspect of it. 
there were these two guys uh, who the one who was like the focus of the you know the show for that that one. Uh, his mother is a Christian like blogger, writer, this whole thing, and very much of the mindset, open minded for herself to an to an extent. Loves her son, very supportive of him, but also that ignorant mindset of well everybody should just love everybody because you know we're all people and we're all humans and just because they're gay they shouldn't be like you know it shouldn't be an issue and what does it mean to be an out proud man like what does that mean just you know you go around wearing rainbows all day like you're just another human why why would people treat you any differently which obviously that's how they set her up in the beginning. So you know that they are just going to try to find all the hard strings to be able to pull on to show how that is not the case. Uh, and then I believe a Filipino gentleman who um, was living and thriving before COVID had hit and then had to move back in with his family and struggles with his mom not accepting uh, who he is and very much kind of having to hide that part of him. Uh this show, all the fucking feels, all the goddamn feels. If you don't cry during the show, pretty sure you are dead. Challenge and... accepted. <laughs> I, well, okay. I mean, we already know this about you, BJ. So it's not too much of a, <laughs> too much You're of a surprise. Gonna... My roommates will come home, and I'm just sitting. I'm just sitting on the couch, wrapped in a blanket, screaming at the TV. You're not gonna get me feelings. <laughs> You're not getting me tonight. I will just say this. I I knew I was going to cry. I did not expect to start wailing in my living room. I'm not even going to describe it because I will break down and start fucking crying. There is a scene in that second episode that holy shit... fucking lost it absolutely lost it just completely utterly wailing crying in my living room and havoc is like what is wrong with you and i just uh it is so incredibly touching so incredibly moving and so just uh it's 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 incredible honestly like we've talked about how impactful the show is we've talked about it being aside from the the uh very large font uh title cards that they like to to throw up which are extremely uh brightly colored and hurt my eyes uh again i'm old but it's done so amazingly well and it's not exploitative it's not uh trauma porn where some other queer reality shows, <clears throat> RuPaul, uh, like to <laughs> excise those tears to get the Emmys. Uh, this show really does seem to want to make the world a better place. And I applaud it for that. Uh, their costuming is phenomenal. I've never seen Bob with a breastplate. And <laughs> that opening look from season two, episode two fucking stunning absolutely amazing have uh, any of you dive uh done a dive into season two yet 
I've, uh, I've, I, so what's funny is I kind of watched the first one and I watched the first one like I watched RuPaul's Drag Race just in clips. Um, and then I read an article about like the issues they were having because of COVID. Um, and I, I, again, I don't feel like it was advertised well enough because I, th- at the time I was like, oh, cool, season two is dropping sometime soon. And it was, it's, it's already up. So, um, no, but I but I did hear about a lot of the uh, the uh, issues they had with COVID, and I have to very much be in the mood for like feel good television because like qu- like Queer Eye, like thankfully some episodes are hit or miss because I'm like okay I can, oh this is kind of cute, and then like then there's one where I'm just sitting there stony faced like nope you're not gonna you're not gonna fucking get me. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely have to be in the mood for uh, for feel good television. I like how it switched. It went from like I have to be in the mood for horror and and trauma porn. Now it's like I have to be in the mood for something that's gonna make me feel value in myself. How dare they? So, uh, but yeah. no, it's definitely it's on my it's on my watch list, and it's definitely something I usually watch like while I'm on the treadmill or uh, or at uh, at lunch uh, at work or something. And I will say, I will say this also, I like the fact that they, it's not just limited to like the queer community that they're trying to help in the first episode when they were in Spartans, Spartan, Spartanburg, Spartansburg. No, it was singular. Spartanburg, South Carolina, right? South Carolina. Did I get the state right? At least. (laughs) (laughs) It's a queer woman of color is one of the people um there is a i I think he's a uh, a white non-binary or ends up kind of coming out as non-binary or or accepting and realizing uh that they're non-binary um and then a straight white man who growing up his brother is gay and has been a queen and actually is a well-known queen in the area uh, does a lot of the the benefit hosting and all that patty patio furniture uh so so his drag name when he gets put into uh into geesh is uh was it lotta lotta furniture or something like that it, it was <laughs> it was a cute little play on uh them staying in the family but he wanted to kind of be able to understand his brother better and their father who had never seen the brother who's done drag now for like 20 or 30 years, never saw that son do a performance actually came out and watched them perform. And it was so touching. Uh, But yeah, no, this is, this is not like, we're just going to maybe try to get your heartstrings. This is where we're reaching in and we're, we're going to pluck them all. And uh, be ready for it because it's gonna it's coming and you need to you need to know that. Uh, but I do highly recommend it. If you haven't watched, we're here season one. Uh, there are a lot of really fun episodes in season one. Season two has started off very well. It's on HBO uh, Sunday nights, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Again, when you don't watch things in real time, when you don't have actual television, <laughs> it's tough to remember what days things are on. But uh, I think HBO Max is pretty quick to get the episodes up either concurrently with them airing or like right after they've aired on live television. So if you have access to HBO, 
go watch We're Here, cry. And when you get to that scene in episode two, remember <laughs> my voice telling you that you will wail in just utter. And it's a joyous, it's an absolutely joyous wail of a cry because it is so moving and so touching. So just just be aware of that. <laughs> this feels like a this feels like a threat. I'm telling you, just just watch, <laughs> just just skip one for a second. Just start season two with episode two, and let it just rip you apart. <laughs> because then nothing else will really ever be as like heart rending, heart wrenching, <laughs> heart ripping out of your chest as that one scene in episode two. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Sorry. Just the way you're describing it sounds absolutely horrific. It is, but it is it's, it's it's so filled with love, like just unconditional love that it's it's crazy. It's, that sounds so much worse. Right? <laughs> gross. This is gross. This is this is this is the Halloween content I did not come here for. We don't give you blood and guts. We give you unconditional love. <laughs> What's the safe word? Pineapple, 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 pineapple. Too late now. (laughs) So that's we're here. Go check it out. All right, dear listeners, we thank you so much for uh, listening and enjoying our content. I have uh, gotten, I've actually had, I think, two different instances over the last couple of days where I have had somebody say that they were listening to the show and reference something or say that they enjoyed, you know, a piece of it. Uh, Bethany, uh, dear friend, goes back a long way with uh, with some of us, and was also the composer of both our regular podcast theme music and our Drag Is the New Spandex theme music. Uh, her birthday is today, the day that we're recording. So happy birthday, Bethany! And uh, I have not responded back to your message yet. I've been very busy all day, uh, but she said that she was listening to our reboots episode. And said that uh, the reboot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was her least favorite of all the reboots out there. And wishes that it would just go away. And I didn't watch any of them. But the like everything wrong with videos and all the clips that I've seen, I agree with you. Uh, but, no, sorry. Ri- uh, Rise, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was amazing. Was that the was that live action? No, no. So there's there's been so many reboots of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she was talking. Was it Michael Bay? I think did the the live action. Oh, the the, with the Megan live Fox. action movies. Yeah. yeah, with Megan Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah those were me. That's what she was referencing, and that's okay. I, I yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but it's always great to hear comments and feedback, and and to know that you're listening and that you're enjoying. We also do accept mild criticism unless it hurts our feelings. But uh, we thank you so much for for listening. Check out our website, flameonshow.com. From there, you can uh, not only find us on all the social media platforms, our Twitch channels, all of that good stuff, but it also has a link to our Threadless shop where you can buy your own Flame One merch and then uh, wear it proudly and then take pictures and tag us in it. But it also has a link to our Patreon where you can become a patron and support our show, help us continue to do what we love to do for y'all. And uh, I want to send a big thank you out to our newest house member. We have a new member at the house level. So we want to thank uh, the one and only Jesse for joining the house of X at Flame On. 
the all of our house members should by the time this comes out especially have received their swag care packages which uh we're behind on the postcard we're still working on getting that together so you guys will get a second package with the postcard uh in the not too distant future my apologies um you should know by now we run on gay time so it's always a bit late but the pins which were so cute those have been mailed out and because we've been a little bit behind on everything uh when brian was here in chicago he brought um these other little like bottle cap pins and flame on stickers so as a little bonus for our our patrons i packed in a pin uh, a second pin and a sticker for them and i know that our house member joel got his because he posted it on twitter and tagged us so yay uh but jesse thank you for joining our house thank you for joining our patreon and becoming a, a patron and uh, just for you, here is BJ's totally random and completely personalized, but not really, horoscope for you. <laughs> Today, think about happiness. Think about all the things in your life that make you happy and how they could be taken away from you at any moment. So make sure you're vigilant. Make sure you're thinking of ways to protect yourself and your family. Because something is coming for them. Something is watching. Something is waiting in the trees, licking its lips, stretching out its mandibles to swallow them whole. Kind of like how I swallow grapes. Very nice. Very nice. So now you've got that. You'll be getting your social media shout out here in just a little bit as well. Um, and we're going to get on the ball with some of the other things that we've been falling behind on as well. I promise you that. We will get that all sorted out. Uh, a sip of tea with Oral may, get de- may be delayed because he has uh, started his new adventure in life. So we will get those uh, updated sooner rather than later. So uh, just be as patient and as loving as you've been with us so far. And uh, we'll keep putting out that content for you. So remember, you can go to flameonshow.com or go to patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. We got one more topic to dive into. And uh, I figure this one may have a little bit more conversation. I know I have thoughts and feelings about some <laughs> things <laughs> with this. 
Uh, and I did not expect this to be a topic, but I will just say that I may have watched all of the episodes on my birthday on Monday while nursing a massive hangover. And yeah, literally just went through all nine episodes in one oh night. God, that probably uh, colored your opinion of it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't start until like the afternoon, so I was a little less hungover by that point. But wow. anyway. Let's switch it over, or let me throw it over to Brian. What is this topic we are dancing around? Uh, we're gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about a hit Netflix series you may have heard of in passing, and or on SNL, and or on any number of other uh, internet uh, comedy sources called Squid Game. Uh, Squid Game. If you are completely like what is not about throwing cephalopods uh, around uh, in some kind of ridiculous fashion. It is absolutely about uh, a very odd, I won't say dystopian because it's not exactly, it's sort of set in the present, but about a secret sort of organization that runs a uh, game show that is intended for maybe let's say wealthy audiences like people who would want to watch this uh either in person or online potentially and it is uh played by the people in korea so it's all set in south korea who are the most dire in need of uh money for whatever reason whether that's gambling debts uh just behind on bills trying to help some family member out with a medical condition or uh, in one case, helping them try to adopt their little brother out of a a orphanage uh, and take care of them. It's for whatever reason. And it's a nine episode uh, series in in South Korean. So it is in in the Korean language uh, subtitled. Uh, I've also heard that it is dubbed. Uh, Pat, did you watch the dub by any chance? I did. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh wow! (laughs) Y'all know me. I can't pay attention through nine episodes, through nine hours of television, and read it all. Here's the thing: I just hit play, and it was just in English, and I didn't. Oh, yours was. Mine was in Korean, and I had to. I had to go in, and I read the like the opening scene. I read, and then I was like, "I'm going to be lying here." I just needed them to. I need them to just talk. It was like an audio book at that point. I'm like, I can't read the actual book. I'm just gonna sit here and let you read the book to me in shoddy translation. So, uh, you you all chose poorly. I'm just gonna put that out there. Uh, I, I agree. It the was dub, painful. The dub has been has not been, as painful uh, as red light green light for some people. Oh, the dub has been widely. Um, held up as one of the worst stubs in modern history. Somebody yeah. suggested that they actually use Google translate to uh, translate some of the script. Uh, and that evidently uh, also then uh, Google translate in a South uh, Californian sort of broy uh, whatever accent for some reason, like those voice uh, actors, I can't, I can't speak on the translation from Korean to English, but holy fuck, those voice actors were ridiculous. Yeah. It yeah. was the whitest, <laughs> whitest voice acting ever. 
<laughs> I, I just it's so funny that was because before they got to the white people in the story. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So what I, I want to know then, and I think I know the answer. I don't know why it would be any different, but the voice actors or the actors who are later in the series, slight spoilers, by the way, just in case you're worried that show up uh, that are like the rich, affluent, you know, whatever people. I'm going to guess they didn't dub them. They just used their actual audio because I don't know why you would bother. But even their acting is not the best, like, English. Uh, uh, and I guess Bro, one of the actors is talking. Super nice there. They're acting well, one of the atrocious. actors. I guess one of the actors said that uh, one of his lines was sort of a uh, cut him some slack, but he said slip him or show him some slack or something different than the, the idiom that we use, just cut them some slack. And for some reason, the Korean, Korean, Korean producers chose the one that wasn't correct. So I, I'm going to just talk about the story and the subject of the show, taking that voice acting piece completely off the table as much as we've already talked about it, because I do think that it deserves a, a watch Without it, at some point, I think you'll have a whole different experience. Uh, but the subject matter is complicated, and there are definitely some people with good criticisms of it uh, overall. Um, it, you know, we can get into. But basically, it's a game show where these hundred contestants—no, not hundred, four hundred and fifty-six. Right? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all show up, and they don't know what's going on. They just know that they're going to win money if they play the game, uh, and they actually get recruited by this really simple kind of a game that they have they play with this random person in like a subway or, or wherever where they're trying it's like pogs i guess where you're trying to like hit the hit you hit like a square with another square and you're trying to flip it um mm-hmm. i was a little confused by that game i think at first i was like god pogs yeah it, it sounds yeah, I mean, horrible it's, it's super simple it's a super simple game but that's what it's meant to do to draw you in because yeah. If you know, you just think it's you know easy, and it's I guess I'm ass- I'm assuming it is a traditional like kind of South Korean kids game. Like it's a very basic game where because you just fold up paper into squares, and then you know that heft. You know you need that heft, so you have to fold it you know a couple of times in origami style, and then you throw it down and you try to hit it at the, on an edge to flip over your opponent's uh, square, and if you do, you win. And I think it was what like. 100,000 won or something like that. It was like 10,000 yeah, won. I would, I, I would think that the game is kind of probably similar to our paper football. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Kind of. It's like I, yeah. I would think that would kind of be the equivalent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, either way, so so that's the starter. And yeah, uh, another thing people are getting hung up on besides the voice acting is the currency conversion. Uh, when I went through Korea to go to Japan, I was also hung up on like, wait, how much money do I have here? I have a, I have like a, was it a thousand won? And it turned out to be like a dollar. <laughs> like <laughs> it was a really like Japanese uh, currency. Yen is easy. It's like a hundred yen is a dollar. So it's just, you just take the, the, the cents, right? But the Korean won is another two. So you're like 10, 10, that's right. 10,000 won. I think is like a, a dollar. So it's, I mean, it depends little, on the, it depends on the it, currency conversion. I think right now oh, it's yeah, at like yeah. 0.0038 right. to but a dollar. It's, it's similar. It's kind of similar to the conversion of uh, American to uh, Italy Lira. 
Lira, that was one where it was like 10,000 Lira was like $15 or something like that. Yeah, was, you have to round yeah. it for easy figuring because otherwise yeah. you go crazy. And then exactly. you end up with a little more money than you expect. But anyway, long story short, the, the wand conversion threw a lot of people. Did they actually in the dub say the dollars or did they just say keep it in one? They kept no, it in said one. That's yeah. so yeah. funny because you think, okay, well, you're already translating. You're already doing that. Um, anyway, long story short, they recruit the people that go into this barracks. They get abducted too, which is kind of fucked up. That's where you start to go, okay, something's really fucked up here. And then they get to the bunker. They know nothing. It's this really surreal, like guards are in primary color uh, outfits. I think they're all pink. And then all the contestants are like in blue. And uh, there's all these basic, like people joke about like PlayStation symbols, uh, <laughs> triangle, square, uh, circle, which which are, if you go to the logo, you'll see they're sort of linked to the uh, Korean uh, uh, italics or you know font that they use for a um, a title, um, and so it's also kind of the the shapes of the squid from the Squid Game. Yes, absolutely. No, that's that's, yeah. that's another thing. So so they're oh yeah. So long story short, they get to this game. They have no idea what's going on. There's a creepy fucking doll, uh, like a like a giant like statue doll of, of this oh little creepy. Oh my god, girl. the thing was so Jonathan Colton creepy. was singing in the background. Yes, I totally had a Jonathan <laughs> Colton thing going on there. I was like, oh my God. Uh, but the, the doll is facing away from everybody. And they're they're just like, if they're like in a set, I think there's a sky, but it's closed in. And they're kind of looking around like, what's going on? And basically they explain the game and they're like, okay, it's red light, green light. If you hear the doll singing and she's looking away, like not at you, you can run. But as she looks back, you have to stop. Very basic game. American audiences understand this game. We've all probably played it or some form of it in our lives. Uh, probably when you're children, but maybe when you're adults. I don't know. Maybe you've got a cool kink going or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you, you, the, she sings this creepy song. Her head rotates around. Her eyes, I don't know if her eyes light up, but basically she's like, you know, a demon-possessed doll-looking Oh yeah, the eyes yeah. move around like targets. Like she's seeing and she's you. scanning. Yeah, and, yeah, and it lights up scanning for movement. Right, and it lights Most it lights time. up red if it catches you moving. Yes, and, and then yeah, and, well, and so she's facing them when they before the game starts because then out of nowhere when the game is uh, so I, again I I don't know what the the uh, subtitle versus the dub so when they're the the dubbed voiceover is doing the instructions it's like when it says red light you stop like but when the game starts the head like pivots it swivels on the neck and it's like what the fuck because you expect it to move completely and the head just turns real quick and it's like oh oh that's 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 bizarre visually arresting moment and then what follows is the people who don't move or i'm sorry the people who are still moving whether they're running or whether they're stuck in place and just you know like you literally have to freeze uh they get shot uh very suddenly and very violently and like you know bloodily and then you're pretty much now into the like you know, it, it keeps you really tied to the emotion of the uh, audience, or of the audience, of the players, through this one character, uh, Jihoon, uh, what's his name? Jihoon Young? Jihoon Chan? Oh, Jihoon Song. And he's like an everyman, kind of a really sad sack in a lot of ways, you know, obviously is desperate in certain situations. And they build up his story. You get to learn all about his, his, his family, his failed marriage with his child, with his mother who's sick. I mean, you get a lot of sympathy for him. But, how he's yeah, an asshole, and how is he supposed to be the sympathetic character? 
because I'm just going to jump in here and like, let me, I'm just going to start with my, my first feeling right here. When am I supposed to actually like this motherfucker? Because really, he is a horrible, horrible person. That he, first episode, nice, that first 15 minutes sets him up as yeah. the worst person I've ever seen on television. You're right. No, he yeah. has to have an arc. And his arc is sort of a redemption arc, right? Because by the end of the series, again, spoilers, he has run through the, ga- the gauntlet. And he has then tried to, in as much of a way as he can, given everything that happens, make good choices. And the only time he really fails, other than the beginning and his backstory uh, in that first episode, is when he has that one moment with uh, uh, number one, which I don't, I mean, we'll leave some mystery here, but like there's a, there's a critical moment about like a third of the way or no, two thirds of the way through where. Uh, it's episode really, six. Oh, thank you. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. He does uh, really let somebody down in a really meaningful way. But overall, I think he has a bit of a redemptive story. Like he does come out at the end as like a, a heroic survivor. You know. Well, well, and that's the thing is these these people we're not we're not playing it up enough. Like these people are at the shit level of society. Like like when we mean when they say like their shit's gone sideways, their shit has completely gone sideways yeah. and some people are so, like there's like there's the guy that's with the uh with the gang um who's a sh- super shit ball and i love how he goes out um but like yeah no you've got people that are willing to step over other people the thing that fucked me that really that was super fucked because i've watched fucked up anime and manga and I re- I was gonna say if you want to see something similar to Squid Game that's super fucked up, the graphic novel version, the manga version of Battle Royale, is or the movie, or the no the the graphic novels on a whole nother fucking okay. level. Like it's super fucked. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Um, I I went into this like, oh okay, yeah, they're they're these this is gonna be fucked up. But no, when they realize what happens if somebody dies between games. That I was sit, I was just sitting there like half paying attention, and then I rewound it five seconds, and I was like, "Oh no!" So, oh, see, no. so, so to clarify, like these games happen, and then there's intermediate time where they're back, kind of hanging out and try to trying to process, and they're not given. It's a very Spartan living situation, you know. They they have some access to facilities, they get fed, but not a lot. And there is a key moment when you realize that somebody can die. Oh, that's another, that's important. We should say that. So, so the money, the way they win, obviously surviving, right? But as people die, there's a giant piggy bank that's like transparent uh, or uh, uh, clear and hanging over them in their dorm. And basically as people die, money falls in and makes a comical like uh, a jackpot noise, you know, sound effect. And so there's a key moment when they're back in the dorm and somebody, I forgot uh, why at the moment, somebody, oh, somebody beats the shit. That, 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 the gangster guy, he like yeah. beats the shit out of somebody and kills them. And then they come in and this is, this is another great visual like thing they do. They come in with this black coffin or ca- casket. I can never tell whatever the difference is. Uh, and they have like, it's like a pink or red bow on it. And then they pick the body up, they put it in, they, they, they you know, package them up and then they take it away. And then there's a beat where people are just kind of like, whoa, what the hell's going on? And then the piggy bank lights up and more money drops. And that's crucial because it basically clues them in that they don't have to wait for the games to kill each other off. They could kill each other off. And yep. then you get Lord of the Flies and you get all the other shit that follows. I mean, 
it's really smart. It's a good social commentary on like the, the different classes and sort of people who are so mired in debt that they'll do anything or to be famous, they'll do anything like it plays with a lot of these issues. Uh, it's similar in some ways to parasite in that it does explore like that class uh, distinction that I, I did not realize uh, and knowing only these movies and the show, I, I don't know that Korea has like as big a class problem as the U S or other places, but Oh my God, it seems like so much of Korean fiction and, and storytelling is about that uh in a, in a certain way so uh wow i'm sorry and that sounds it feels horrible like it's horrifying right um well, but the games are memorable like one of the characters biggest traits that everybody talks about is that they went to snu for business <laughs> for business <laughs> for business and then the, the main games... character sits there and says that it's it's only because of him that he was able to do that because he took him to school so he at least owes him a drink well, it's it's interesting, too, yeah, because one of the guys in the game, um, I forgot their name. Uh, is he? Uh, oh, yeah, Park Heisu. Uh, I'm probably saying this wrong, so I apologize. Heisu Park. Um, is that it? Say who? Say who? Sang Wu. Oh, Sang Wu. Uh, was was oh, the friend, right? Oh, Cho. Oh, yeah, I'm reading his actor name. Yeah. That's the problem. Sorry. <laughs> Sang Wu, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so he's like a childhood friend, and so there is this whole, like, uh, you start to see the alliances form. And so, you know, there's this little group that forms with uh, those two and a couple of the characters. And like, I have a lot of like sympathy for the uh, main guy, uh, Jihoon, because he goes out of his way to reach out to those who really need it. Like number one, who is an older starting to kind of go senile or, you know, basically is senile and having issues, at least, you know, uh, as you would be led to believe uh, down the, the character just has like, a lot of sympathy like he needs help like the and, and jihoon like reaches out to him reaches out to the uh north korean character who's like a north korean uh, refugee um you know again i think this is all part of showing that even if he's in a horrible place in his life and he's made a lot of bad decisions like he's got a heart of gold and is really he just stole his mother's debit card i know he did After that forcing shit. her to give him more of her money to buy his daughter a present oh and God, dinner. It's bad. He, he is a they... horrible human being. <laughs> but I don't even understand like how I like I I don't I had more compassion for his childhood friend who did that thing and all those things and then his redemption at the end. I had more wow. I not saying that I had a ton of it. I just had more sympathy for him than I did the main character. <laughs> I, I just think it's funny because I think we often like talk about people as like an instance in time, like, and that's like them, but real humanity isn't like that. People are good or bad. They change over time. So I actually prefer fiction that shows the journey of characters from good to bad or bad to good, honestly. And, and, and you get that here. And so the North Korean refugee uh, character, her trust issues and trying to figure that out and with how, you know, that work, like, like there's a lot of cool real human development whether again good or bad the we haven't even talked about the brother the cop who's looking for his long lost brother and how that storyline resolves with everything like there's just a lot of really uh cool storytelling and humanity in the show that i worry in the dub may does not it may not translate as well because i'm telling you the acting and the subtitle and they're, they're not subtitle the acting in the, these korean actors are amazing they're really yeah. expressive and emotive and I, I just if anyone is even questioning like oh the dub sub like 
take the extra little bit of effort to read and don't, and this is good life advice in general, like read, <laughs> don't just listen because, uh, I know we're all busy and we all watch shows in crazy ways. And I know I do too, but Oh my God, it was, it was definitely worth it for this. Um, I feel very attacked. No, 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 no. Laganja, I, you, you also you should never mainline this series because it's like every episode, it can be really heavy. And I feel like if I had like back to back that thing, I, I would have, I don't know what I would have felt. That's, that's not how Pat watches TV. It's it's Which so funny. Means. He always like, especially with uh, was it Survivor? You were like, you're. Like, I was just like, are you just gonna binge it all? And he was, he was like, no. And then like we 40 come to seasons do a, in forty five days. We we come back to like do a recording, and the first like twenty minutes of the recording is is uh, Survivor, and I'm like, how's that not binging thing going, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> My okay, so let me let me ask this because I didn't understand this in a compound that is so heavily monitored by video. How the fuck did that man take his mask off as an infiltrating police officer and just sit in the dorm and be watched? And nobody sat there and said. He doesn't look like number 29. And then when it, when he takes his mask off, when that one guy finally is like, who are you? Take your mask off. And he takes his mask off. He knows it's not him. So how did nobody... like? I don't understand how he sat in that dorm. And we saw like they panned out from that video camera into the control room. So we know it was being watched. How did nobody see that that was not who was supposed to be there? A, a they're just going to say... It's a suspension of disbelief, but I think I think they could actually explain story wise because if the front man is the only one who interviewed or recruited people, and the entire time they're there, they're supposed to be wearing their masks when they're around other people, maybe. But he the the other person for that storyline that you're talking about when he does take off his mask and recognizes that it's not who it's supposed to be. That's because that they had been um, having to change in front of each other to change into the diving gear. Did the diving gear go over? Were they in wetsuits? They would have been in wetsuits. Well, because the, the dive, the 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 infiltrator, he w- did was he in one? I don't remember. I I don't remember when he came out of the water because he did take a dive pack at the end. Yeah, he I was don't... in a he. He was in a wetsuit. Yeah, I guess he would have had to be because I mean it's a pretty. But big, where did he uh, take that wetsuit off? He was in regular clothes when he was running away from them. He took it off. But on I mean, the they beach, were also I dry. I think he took yeah. it off in the beach because that's where they found all his stuff, and then that's where the front man shot the tank and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, but, I do agree that there's some little holes like that. I, I think from that one dorm scene, like a separate dorm, like a, they have their own little tiny capsule hotel style dorm room. Uh, the cameras seemed to like face, but I think he was like. Keeping his head he turned the other away. way. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the visual shortcut to say he figured out a way to, like, you know, preserve his identity. But it begs belief. It, it's a little... See, I, the, the, the cop storyline is probably the least exciting and sort of most disappointing part of the story for me. Because yeah. they don't give a great... I mean, you don't learn a lot. You kind of piece things together with stuff he finds. I think I think his role, the, the policeman, is a little bit more of an expositional 
device than a than it meant to be like a a really major part of the story. Um, and then certainly how it's resolved, it's like, oh, okay. Part of it was to drop a huge clue to uh, the twist at the end that I didn't yeah. notice because, I mean, I wasn't also paying attention to the TV the whole time. Um, yeah. Because the, of the, when, he, when he was going through the book, when he opened up the, the book for that year, the, there's a clue right right there that should have given it away. If you go back, I want you to finish the series because there is a twist at the end that I don't want to spoil any more than we might have. If you go back and like, Supposedly, and there's a link we can post up on the website. There's, there's, a, there's a, a bunch of clues throughout. One is very the the one clue, and I won't say what it is, is very obvious. And I will just say that if you never see somebody die on camera, that's a real easy way to bring them back. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, Considering yeah. there was more than there there weren't many, but there was more than one time that that happened. That's also led to rampant fan speculation about oh. another character because huh. their death was not shown on screen as well. Well, that would be, they're one of the more memorable characters. I would love to hear the dub of her. Oh shit, I've already said the gender. Oh, well. Oh, I wasn't uh, even talking about, no, that we're oh. talking about a different person. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, either way, the, the, the really, one of the characters that's a little, um, stand out like in terms of her, their attitude it i'd love to hear what they did with their dub because oh it's horrible okay <laughs> it's, well, i mean it's kind of what i would figure but it's i mean it's just terrible like it's, it's everybody it's terrible for everybody like every a, a lot of really good lines get buried like don't even Ugh. it's yeah well you know but they I have, i've but i've read articles that even the subtitle translation isn't the best i was that, just gonna go there that, yeah they, that, pe- that people who are fluent in korean who have been watching this say that uh the subtitles change a lot of phrase meaning um yeah. and that could just be that they didn't give the translators very much time to translate it or just the character limits from translations N- netflix um, netflix is no stranger to like terrible dubs and fucking up subs the uh the, when they released evangelion on netflix not only did they revoice it with a completely different cast the translation it was like translated by some 50 year old dude in a closet somewhere who didn't bother using google translation like the 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 dialogue and the subtitles for evangelion on netflix are just we're just completely fucked so netflix I- it needs to probably invest more money into their uh, into their translation of uh, so certain media. I will tell you this because I have done this recently. I have had to do translation work both for classes I'm taking and also for a project. It is incredibly hard, even if you have some fluency in a language. And usually, the people who are doing this have really good fluency to capture both the literalness, the idioms the tone in if you know, word choice or diction, I should say like, like getting that all right is so hard that uh, I'm not shocked. And, but, but from what I read, Eric, I read the same article. This was a case where it was like, just, wow. How did you miss that one thing? <laughs> like it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I, I will say that I overall enjoyed the music, uh, enjoyed the piece. The music's great. Uh, very creepy, minimalist stuff. The visuals on this show. Oh my God. They recreate, uh, I forgot the name of the piece, but it's that famous M.C. Escher with all the staircases. Um, mm-hmm. oh, they, yeah. rec- 
they recreate that in the most vivid detail I, I've ever seen. I mean, you know, they did that back in Labyrinth and that was fine. This is like way more complicated and evidently it's very little CG was involved in this show. Most of it is physical and practical effects, which is kind of impressive for a television show specifically. Um, What's also funny is this, this, this idea, the script has been around for like 10 years. It was going to be a movie and the, uh, the creator, uh, I'm not going to say his name, right. Uh, wherever it is here. Uh, Huang Dong Hyuk. <laughs> wow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sure that's not it. Uh, they, uh, they couldn't sounds get like, any. Did you just like say Howard the track? Duck? It sounds like Goofy trying to say his name because I heard "Hey Yuck" (laughs) at the end of it. (laughs) So I yuck. Uh, Anyway, so so Wong, uh, his his attempt to bring this to life has been a long time coming, and uh, people just were not into it at all. And so the fact that Netflix not only did they pay like they greenlit it, and not only for some reason I don't even know how this became popular because Netflix wasn't like pushing it that hard. Um, but, uh, overall, I think it just speaks to the story and speaks to sort of the every man, you know, again, main character and, and all of his foibles, uh, that people are just eating this up and it's doing so well that it's pretty much, it's pretty much not confirmed, but pretty much expected they'll do another series. Cause there is more to the story. Well, um, we'll the ending is he didn't, he did not intend this to be more than right. what it was. Right. There is nothing written yet. He has not nope. written a, a second season. You know, obviously, Cash is king in the yep. world of media. Um, so it would not be surprising if they were That's like, hey, saying. let's push this. <laughs> Here's a couple of extra people to maybe brainstorm with you and let's yep. get this pushed. And can I just say without really like, I mean, he disappointed his daughter again. Like he I'm did. still mad about this man. He did. That's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> the, end, the ending was. I did not well, like the you, ending. You have, Pat, was that hair you color. have, Pat. You have no, such no, like. No, a, that was fine. That was fine. What? And you're one to talk, <laughs> Pat. You have such like a parent thing. It's so funny. Like certain things just send you over the edge. Like me saying, calling my mom by her first name. Like you for like a year. Anytime I talked about my mom, you were like, and you call her by her first name. You are a disrespectful son. Like I don't, he, I hate him. He stole his mom's debit card. And just like, there are hot buttons with you. And that character, I think he hit every single one of them. I mean, for real, for real, like, honestly, (laughs) it's, it's tough. It's tough when there's media like this where, and I get it. And I get that there's supposed to be redemption. I, 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 I don't know where it happened. I see some less horrible things that he did throughout the course of it. And, you know, befriending the, you know, zero, zero one. But in the end, Still managed to fuck that up. Um, you know, like there are a, I, yeah, you know, there are a couple of pieces of, of media that I've, I've watched and one just came out with its third season and I haven't started it yet, but there are, there are increasing number of different media out there where there really isn't a person to root for. Like there really isn't like where there's a, 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 a plethora of, just horrible people. <laughs> and the story advances and the story, like there were things that happen and you get invested in the story, 
but it's tough to find like a real good solid person. The South Korean or the North Korean girl, like I could see, like she was probably one of the few that I was like I didn't feel was a horrible person. The gang guy obviously was, you know, the childhood friend really turned out to be a dirtbag, but it I for him it felt like the weight of letting down his family and making all those decisions that put him into that position just eventually broke him down. And I think that's why at the end, I felt a little bit more sympathy for him. The main character just started off. They really try to drive home. What a dirtbag he was. And it was tough for me to pull out of that feel. And that's, and that's the thing is, is it's not just about, it's also an allegory for money. Can't fix everything. You, oh, even yeah. even if you like once you hit rock bottom once you hit your own personal rock bottom like you have to do more than just have money just having money isn't like gonna make it so you can make up for all the horrible things that you did because people may even if you buy them anything they could ever want they might not forgive you that's the thing is is he has the means the the financial means to make amends but does he have the emotional the psychological and the, and just the intelligence to make amends and that's the thing is he's kind of he's a he's trying to do better he's still meh about it but he's trying to do better and he thought the the money would would fix it but the thing is, you still have to work at it. You still, it, it's not going. It's not going to be an easy thing. He's and a that's tragic I, character in that yeah. way, though. He doesn't. He he wants to do better, and he thinks the only answer is more success, more money. He's so jealous yeah. of his friends' successes. I mean, there, there's a lot there that's very believable. But yeah, he's he's ultimately kind of tragic in his uh, his outcomes. Let's say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just. Uh, yeah, One of the last things I want to throw out there, and it kind of ties into what you were saying, BJ, is it's the mentality of your life is shit and you try to fix some other problem rather than fixing your own and doing the things that are going to actually improve your life. Because when he finally, right at that the end, and he gets on that track of like, okay, I'm, I'm you know going to actually do the right thing and, and progress my life into a positive direction. He gets, he, there's that little, he gets distracted. It's that squirrel moment where it's like, Oh, I'm going to go stop this from happening. And I'm going to fix that problem instead and not focus on fixing my own life. And it kind of leads into that. You never can fix yourself. You can't, you can't fix other things without fixing yourself first. And I don't think yeah. that that happened in this. Final thoughts on the squid game. Our, our spirited discussion of the squid game. I feel like I'm watch hopping on subtitle. one foot on the outside. <laughs> don't watch the dub. This is all you got. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I don't know if I'll go get back to watching it a second time, but if I do, I will. I will watch the uh, the subtitle, not the the dubbed version again. Because God help me, that one character, that one woman, I cannot stand her. <laughs> I'm in... gonna go watch an episode just to hear how bad this is, and then no. with her in it, uh, yeah. 
You yeah. won't make it to the end. You won't make it the full episode. Probably not. No. no, no. Just get through a couple of scenes with her in it, and you'll you'll have enough of that taste to 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 feel like you've gotten the full exposure for it. So that is Squid Game now on Netflix. Also, and I, we didn't even mention it. There was so much other stuff to talk about, but the uh, the pitch meeting, as BJ mentioned earlier, <laughs> I do love me a pitch meeting. This one is is. Uh, quite delightful as well it's a, it's a good one go check it out and uh bj maybe you can post that link on our facebook page or something Will do. <laughs> i'll delegate it to you because uh i don't think i've posted on our facebook page in a long time and i, I leave it up to your capable <laughs> your capable posting hands all right dear listeners again we want to thank you for listening and supporting us uh over 10 years of flame on we wouldn't be here without you. So please go check out our uh, our website, flameonshow.com. Uh, I almost said Facebook page, <laughs> but you can get to our Facebook page by going to flameonshow.com and clicking on the links to all of our social media. And uh, you can also check out our Threadless shop and our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash flameonshow and become a member at any of the four levels, including our house level that Jesse has just recently joined uh, all of that is at flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. All right, y'all. You know what time it is. It is time for the things that are giving us life. Life, life, life. I don't know which. I thought I, I, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe I had put Mariah on a hotkey, but I can't remember. So I'm not going to try to do it. <laughs> Just pretend Mariah Carey singing to you right now. Uh, these I, are the one. No. Uh, We've got like t- we've got like two weeks left before she makes her her <laughs> seasonal creep out of the shadows. So she now. already posted a video today, <laughs> and I will say this: the Queen of Christmas knows when to start, and it is not until I mean she starts about three weeks earlier than I would like it, but she got to make that money. Uh, she posted a video today and it was like, I guess one of her assistants or somebody like was wearing the All I Want for Christmas is You hoodie. So because you can see like the cartoon Mariah on the back a little bit. And she's like, I just she's like, look what I found. Can I wear it? And she she just looks at the camera and goes, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as Halloween is over, she's last couple of years. I don't know if she did one last year, but like I know for the last couple of years, she's done these little videos where it's like her in bed in like a Halloween costume and you see the phone and it's, you know, uh, October 31st and it's like 1159. And as soon as it turns to 12 o'clock on November 1st, she pops up and she's like, it's time. <laughs> she's in her element. But these are our one-ups. These are the things that are giving us life this month. Let's go back around the other way. Brian, what is your one-up? I am going to briefly talk about the only, oh, sorry, only murders in the building. This is a show on Hulu with Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez, of all people. Uh, surprising, I think, everyone. Oh, and, uh, and it's got a, a Darcy, the com- a stand-up comedians in it, a gay comedian. Uh, oh, who, cool. Uh, I haven't got to, the, to them yet. But um, yeah, what I love about this show is, A, I love Steve Martin and Martin Short. That's easy. Uh, I'm very surprised. Selena Gomez, uh, very knowing only some of her songs and none of her Disney or whatever else she's done as a creature of the industry <laughs> uh, growing up and being in public. Uh, she's pretty good. Different than I expected. Very not uh, sex forward. Very sort of quirky, almost in a Zoe Deschanel-ish sort of 
role. Maybe it could have been anyway. Uh, it's it, it, this is the moment I fell in love with the show. They start uh, showing each character, kind of each of the three in their own little worlds. They get to a moment when they're all listening to the same podcast. The podcast is called All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma. It is produced by a fictional person played by Tina Fey, whose name is Cinda Canning. And if you already know where I'm going with this, I love you. Uh, so very much a play off of Shit Town from Serial, or from, yeah, the people who made the Serial, uh, Sarah Canning. Uh, anyway, as soon I'm as they I did didn't make that, the Sarah Canning joke earlier that I was going to because that would have uh, ruined this the setup. So, oh, that's okay. Rock on! Uh, but, but no, that the whole thing is these three find each other in their. They all live in the same apartment building in New York, but they find each other because of this podcast, and that then kind of propels them into this relationship where they are making their own podcast about a murder that occurs in their building, and. The first episode sets all that up. So that's, you know, there you go. Every character has their own mystery as well. Uh, one of which is truly a mystery with a capital M. The other two are kind of like more, you know, who are they really? Are they who they say they are? Or, you know, what's going on with their backstory? So so over the course of the series, I, I'm sure they kind of explore that. I've only watched the first episode, by the way, and I'm already hooked. Everything I've heard about this from other people, including uh, Brian Bendis, who was talking about this on another podcast, like, it's 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 great it's it's so lovely to have a great like buddy comedy with those two uh steve martin and martin short uh in general uh also playing roles like steve martin's not playing a role that you might think he would he's kind of very understated and quiet in a way uh and evidently nathan lane shows up at some point which i'm also very much looking forward to uh so yeah only murders in the buildings on hulu uh i think it's uh 10 episodes or nine episodes it's it's relatively short uh, and they are going to come back for the next season. So again, more to come for that. Uh, yeah, let us know if you watch it and what you thought. Sweet. All right, BJ, what you got so, for us? So I'm pulling a pat. I've got I've got two quick things. Um, first of all, uh, I just watched Candyman, uh, the new one uh, that was produced by Jordan Peele. The song, uh, the, the music video by Christina Aguilera from uh, <laughs> multiple years ago. <laughs> but you see, now it's stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> no, the it's so it is a soft. It's not even really a reboot. It's like a soft sequel to all the original Candyman movies, um, and it is so shockingly deep. Um, it does kind of it it touches on. Uh, which a lot of people have been complaining about, uh, especially when the show, the horror anthology show them dropped um, about this kind of trauma porn, uh, this obsession with like people of color stories that always kind of deal with our struggle less about our success um, because that's what people want to see. People want to know about struggle. And at some point you have to move past it. Uh, This uh, kind of frames that in the lens of an artist uh, who goes to Cabrini Green in Chicago, which um, was pretty much abandoned by the city back in the day. Actually, I think it was around the time the original Candyman was filmed. They actually had to have one of the street gangs uh, guard them on set. They hired one of the street gangs to guard them because the cops really even weren't a strong presence down there in Cabrini Green. Um and it's just about him trying to come up with his next piece 
Um, and Candyman in this is almost treated. I don't know what that creature. It's a, it's a supernatural creature that's created from uh, the public consciousness. Um, it's kind of like that. Uh, but the way, uh, kind of like what uh, Freddy Krueger was in A New Nightmare, where it was just he was kind of created by the the general consciousness and and everybody's thoughts. Um, so it's it's just really interesting to see how one group of people putting down another group of people kind of create their own destruction, um, and everybody loses. Like, and I will say. The I won't spoil the end, but I'll say the end. You personally, how you feel about what's going on in the world today will tell you whether or not it's a good ending, a bad ending, or a really bad ending um, for all parties involved. So it's like I said, it's it's highly intelligent. I was very surprised. Um, still, so it, it it is still some good, t- some great kills, um, and just yeah. Um, and there's a nice little gay couple in there um, that like that uh, are the there's the brother-in-law of uh, the main character. Um, so yeah, uh, Candyman, fantastic! If you haven't seen it, go see it. Especially if you're a fan of the original, uh, even the 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 terrible third one that uh, was had a Playboy bunny in it. Um, <laughs> and then also, just so everybody knows, Fando DC's Fandom was this past weekend. Uh, some of the highlights were we actually got a trailer for the Flash movie. Um, which had some lines from Michael Keaton's Batman, so he's definitely back. That is no longer speculation. Uh, we got some footage from Shazam, uh, uh, Shazam Two, uh, which has Helen Mirren and um, uh, shit. Uh, what was her? She was in um, Ally McBeal and the Charlie's Angels movies. Um, Lucy Liu, um, uh, Lucy Liu, and um. Lucy Liu and Helen uh, Miriam are the main villains of the second Shazam movie. Uh, they also dropped a trailer for Harley Quinn season three and they surprise dropped um, the first two episodes of young justice season four on HBO max. Um, they showed a trailer and then they said streaming now. So every Thursday, uh, a new episode of young justice will drop. And, uh, yeah, uh, they had a full story trailer for Suicide Squad versus uh, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, that game that's supposed to drop next year. So, yeah, uh, definitely all the trailers are up. I'm pretty sure most people have seen them. I'll probably drop a couple on our Facebook page. And that's it for me. All right. Eric, what you got for us? So I have a couple of quick hits before mine as well. Um, they're both reality show related. Uh, new seasons of The Voice. It's really good this season. Uh, the new judge is, or the new coach is Ariana Grande, and she's doing a great job. Um, How is she coaching we, people? Is she is she telling them to not enunciate her wor- their words? Like, is that <laughs> where they can sing in her style? <laughs> she. Sing as I tell you, don't sing as I do. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, she plays off the other coaches uh, really well, um, and it's good. And then Dancing with the Stars um, has their first same-sex couple this season with uh, Jojo Siwa um, dancing with a female um, pro. 
and they got the first perfect score of the season with a really, really nice uh, foxtrot to the Sandy reprise from Greece because it was Greece night this week. So everybody danced to a Greece song. Um, and then my one up is going to be uh, the comedy special Good Timing with Joe Firestone, which is on Peacock, um, which you can sign up for free and watch things for free on Peacock. Um, but this is a special where comedian Joe Firestone, when the pandemic started, she started a comedy um, class for senior citizens over Zoom. And they recently had their first in-person classes and they actually did a full comedy showcase on stage and they taped it all. And it's just a really nice feel good look at um, these senior citizens getting a chance to do some improv work um, and just kind of talk through why they wanted to take this class and um, it just feels good. Not that any of their comedy that they end up presenting is groundbreaking or super hilarious, but it's just fun to see them get the chance to do something that they always wanted to do. Nice. Well, I am going to be unlike the other two and not pull a me. And my one up is insecure. <laughs> so... Oh. Season four, the final season of Insecure, uh, just premiered this past, I believe, Sunday, or it's this coming Sunday. Um, I don't think it came out by the time it's out. It'll probably be out by the time y'all hear this, but I don't think it's out. I it's, it's somewhere in that line. It's season four is premiering, and it is the culmination of Issa Rae's journey as Issa. And the first three seasons, if you haven't watched it, I mean, I, I think I, I just beat you over the head with it, BJ, for a while. and was like, how have you oh, not yeah. watched this? I need you to watch this. And then you finally did. Yes. And it reads me for filth. And that's why I took my time watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a fantastic show. Issa Rae is brilliant she is a phenomenal uh creator and i am excited and slightly devastated to watch the final season of this show that has um there were some points that that felt a little bit lower than others uh just in certain storylines but overall has been a fantastic journey um this season was not only pushed back because of COVID, but there has been there have been a couple of years in between season three and season four because Issa Rae just got really popular and was in a lot of things and had a lot of things going on. And they pushed back season four um, to kind of accommodate her schedule. But it has been filmed. It is premiering. It is on HBO. So if you have HBO Max, go watch it. Um, if you have not watched the first three seasons, give yourself some binge time. Um, oh God, is, is it broke pussy? Is that the song <laughs> from season um, one? Uh, yeah, bro, uh, broken pussy. Yeah. Uh, just, there are some things in there that are just 
you just have to watch them in order to really understand and appreciate them. But uh, Issa Rae is fantastic. Insecure season four, the final season on HBO. And that is my one up. All right. Thank you all once again. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me in this pop culture extravaganza. Uh, go check us out online, flameonshow.com. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. Uh, we'll be back in two more weeks with more content for your ears. And until we meet again, bye, bitch. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.